Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor Program. Happy holidays for those of you that are listening to this uh, as we post it uh, currently. If you're listening to it next summer, we hope you had a nice holiday season. We hope you have a nice Fourth of July. <laughs> but uh, in the meantime, for those of you listening to it currently, happy holidays because we're in the middle of the Christmas season. And Randy, we're in the middle of our series on the Ten Commandments. Today we get to number three. We have arrived at commandment number three. And according to Exodus 20, the third commandment is. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So let me ask you, Randy, when you think of that commandment, what do you think of? I think of um, not using the Lord's name uh, when you are communicating anger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's uh, there's been uh, many a creative usage on the golf course uh, that I have overheard before. Uh, I think it's uh, a reminder to us that when we're talking about God, we are talking about uh, someone deserving of our utmost love and respect. Well, you're talking about the fact that there is a uh, commonly used. Uh, term of profanity, using the name of God in it, and basically assigning another person to eternal damnation. That's what you're talking about. I I believe that might be the phrase I was thinking of. Well, there's another phrase, too, where we're frustrated with something or angry at something, and we utter the name of our Lord and Savior as a sign of frustration. The, The other day, I was trying to land a plane, and uh I uh, was about ready to make a fairly serious mistake, and my very devoutly religious uh, flight instructor uttered the name of God. <laughs> was, was it God help us or uh, save us? Uh, something to that effect. Uh, so you know, I think one of the things we need to recognize is that uh, uh, some of us have been raised with these things. Uh, you know, it's been on the uh, you know uh, the school yard. It's uh, been in uh, thrown around um, in athletic competitions and all of that. I think that is a piece of this commandment, but I think it's so much more uh, broad than that. Uh, but I think certainly we need to uh, be sure that we're not using uh, the name of God uh, to do some of our anger work for us. Well, and it's uh, a reminder to take this commandment at face value as well as a deeper value that you're about to share with us. That's right. I'm about to share with us. So can hardly wait. Before I get to that, uh, maybe before a break, uh, I think there's subtler ways uh, in terms of the same uh, category that we're talking about. So if I said to the listeners and to you right now, if we ended a text or an email with uh, an abbreviation OMG, what does that mean? Oh, my God. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Thank you, Randy, for cleaning that up. But no, don't get me wrong. I don't think that's, you know, totally horrendous. But on the other hand, what are we saying there? Uh, oh my God, let's just be honest. Uh, 
are are we you know saying something using the name of God to express uh, frustration, amazement, amazement surprise, uh, all of that? I think basically what this commandment is tell, telling us, because all of the commandments are about ultimately honoring God, and uh, this one is about honoring God and not using His name for our own selfish purposes uh, to express something that we're not otherwise uh, able to express in a healthy way. Well, it's just showing us that we also need to fine-tune our vocabulary because there's much better and more yeah. effective ways of uh, communicating our thoughts. That is that is exactly it. And I think partly what we're talking about today is not using God's name to express our anger, frustration, excitement, amazement, uh, but basically we're honoring God in ways that allows him to be who he really is, not some uh, God that sits up on a throne and judges people and is willing to condemn them to eternal damnation simply because we have asked him to do it. Right. Do you want to get to the broader context now? Oh, we, we, we can. Uh, let's do this. Let's, uh, I know it's a little earlier than usual, but let's take our break right now. And I think that way, uh, when we come back and you uh, can launch into that, there'll be no interruption for you. All right, that's fine. That sounds good. You are listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's FaithfulAndTrue.com. Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week, Randy, is also given to us by our Tuesday night group. They were quite talkative about triggers last night, and I think uh, uh, one that we've already used uh, would have been one of the common themes that there's certainly 
lots of things going on during the holidays, uh, the football games, the basketball games, the shopping, all of this that are triggering. But it's also uh, it was quite apparent because of the fact that our, our recent group uh, just experienced Thanksgiving. A lot of them did a fair amount of eating out over the holidays, uh, going to various restaurants. And so uh, one of the ones they were all unanimously agreeing with is something that can be very triggering is when a uh, waitress comes up to your table and um, treats you kindly. Whether she's attractive or not, old or young, uh, uh, a smile, uh, a sign of warmth, that can be rather triggering to the average man. And sometimes you get the occasional hand on the shoulder if you're at the if you're sitting in a booth or or around a table, yeah. uh, you might have one of those uh, kind of uh, warm waitresses, uh, you know, who I think is trying to make your dining experience comfortable and you know family like and right. that kind of thing. And right. uh, and sometimes it's a misplaced hand on a shoulder that can be misinterpreted. Well, that has happened. Uh, when the guys were talking about it, I was thinking about, for all of our listeners in the South, uh, that waitresses in the South tend to use terms of endearment uh, that we don't tend to use up here in the more stoic North, like honey. I mean, I've been called honey at McDonald's. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, and my favorite place down in the South, the Waffle House. Mm-hmm. I mean, those, <laughs> those waitresses, <laughs> they are going to... <laughs> but between the Waffle House and Cracker Barrel, uh, uh, you'll, yeah, you'll be right. called honey and darling uh, a dozen times uh, before you walk out the door. And a lot of other assorted restaurants as well. So anyway, uh, I also think, by the way, this uh, the overly friendly waitress and, and the overly uh, attentive husbands to those waitresses uh, this can also be a rather large trigger for the wives. I can see where that can be a dangerous situation, especially for the wives where the husband's uh, struggles in this area have been well documented in their relationship. I'm sure she's kind of always on guard, you know, watching for this kind of behavior. And it's probably good advice for our men listening out there, for them to be aware of it, that that when you're in those situations, it's clear that you have an attractive waitress you know, make sure you're minding your P's and Q's about how you're communicating with that waitress. Yeah, that's right. So I, I really think as we're talking about this, this this can be a trigger that goes both ways for both husbands and wives. So yes, uh, we, we had a conversation too about what's the difference between being nice, polite, and civil and overly attentive. And I think honestly, men, you know the difference. So don't give me this BS that... Uh, yeah, I was just trying to be nice. Yeah, there's some accountability here uh, that right. that uh, if you're being honest, you know you know what uh, what your mind was telling you there. Right, exactly. All right, so uh, we're going to return to Commandment Three here, I think, and uh, I, I said that there's a broader uh, context of this, I think, and I think that broader context is anytime we're using the name of God to achieve a selfish purpose. All right, so uh, one of the examples uh, when I was getting kind of mentally prepared for today that came back to me, so I'll trust it. I think the name of God can be used by parents to discipline children. Uh, One of my favorite stories, I'm laughing because, you know, some of these stories are so painful, you have to almost laugh, I guess, to cope with it. But um, Debbie and I, early on, when I was in graduate school, we participated in a very uh, evangelical Bible study with uh, a number of other graduate students. Some of us were doctoral candidates. Some of us were uh, in medical school. And uh, 
and uh, it was a kind of a professional group there for, and uh, we, we had um, very stimulating uh, academic at times uh, uh, conversations. But uh, because we were in graduate school and uh, basically poor, uh, none of us had really money to afford babysitters. So what we would do is we would take turns meeting at each other's houses and uh, somehow hope that some of the older kids could kind of shepherd the younger kids or that the kids could just kind of play quietly by themselves someplace. And uh, one, uh, one night we were at uh, one of the couple's houses and uh, uh, their little uh, three-year-old daughter decided that she was going to make a grand entrance into the living room where we were meeting. And so she decided to slide down the banister from the second floor to the first. So she was sliding down the banister, all was going well until she lost her balance, fell off, and uh, kind of bumped her head, obviously. And she was crying. So the mother went over and uh, uh, asked this question because the little girl was crying. And the mother's you know, goal here was to uh, get her to be quiet so that uh, we could return to the important work of uh, Bible study. And uh, the mother said, I wonder if Jesus wanted you sliding down that banister. <laughs> You're three years old. I mean, what do you say to that? And uh, so the mother finished her own uh, rhetorical question, which was, I think if Jesus had wanted you sliding down that banister, he wouldn't have let you bump your head. I was joking with this wife later, uh, and I said, I wonder what this little girl is going to uh, think next Sunday when the Sunday school teacher says, uh, hey, this morning we're going to sing Jesus Loves, Loves me. me. This I know, <laughs> for the Bible tells me so. Would she not be kind of translating that in her mind? Jesus hates me. This I know, for my, he... <laughs> my mother tells me so. But uh, I think that's an example of taking... Christ's name, God's name in vain. Uh, it's it's uh, taking the name of the Lord to achieve another purpose. Uh, and usually a self-serving purpose. A self-serving purpose, purpose based on anxiety. Uh, this can have, you know, just a lot of different uh, connotations, I think. How many times have we prayed somewhere in our deep, dark unconscious that God would somehow punish somebody um, that we didn't like, you know, allow them to experience consequences, allow them to come to their senses. It's kind of a form of what we were talking about earlier about, you know, inviting God to uh, assign someone to eternal damnation. But I think sometimes, you know, what we're talking about here, we're using God's name in vain uh, when we're trying to achieve our own self-centered purposes, and we'd like God to do the expression of anger for us and, you know, uh, condemn that person, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Well, that kind of takes the responsibility off of our shoulders. You know, if you're trying to hand that over to God, thinking that if anyone is going to be able to punish this person, it's right. going to be God. Right. I think uh, uh, we need to be careful, therefore, when we are making judgmental statements. Uh, you know, the, the example of the little girl is obvious, but how many times have any of us said uh, to people, I wonder if God really wants you doing that? Uh, I wonder if God is really happy with you? Uh, I wonder if you're really, in fact, serving God's purposes? Uh, how many times have we used God's name to try to discipline somebody else or invite them into our agenda for them? 
uh, I think we need to be careful. Uh, I'm not sure whether that's discipline or, or sometimes, uh, depending if you were raised in the, uh, in the right uh, Catholic and or Jewish household, uh, it might be the inflection uh, of guilt. Yeah, the inflection of guilt, or you know, sometimes uh, we can try to uh, assign guilt based on God's opinion of things so that we can get somebody to perform our agenda. That's right, or, or change the behavior that they're currently displaying. That's right, yeah. that's right. So that's one thing to think about, uh, and like we so often do on this show, I think uh, we could ask the listeners to pause and have a conversation either with themselves in journal or with their spouse or with their group. Uh, do you think you've ever used God, uh, God's name, to achieve, uh, achieve the expression of some need that you have for somebody else, and you've really kind of taken his name in vain trying to convince somebody else to do something? That's one thing. So you could pause here and have a conversation about that. The other part of this that I wanted to talk about in terms of taking God's name in vain, we're still kind of on the common theme that taking God's name in vain is uh, using God's name to achieve our own selfish agenda or our own selfish purposes. Um, how many times have we we prayed for things that is really more about a lack of trust in God than it is in trusting God? So, uh, uh, we might pray for something actually very specific in the way of wealth or in the way of material objects or, you know, whatever it is that, that in fact reflects uh, an inability to trust God to provide for us. This is a little bit more complicated to explain, but I think I'm asking uh, the listeners to look at what is your agenda when you are even praying to God? What would you like to see happen or accomplished? I know that so many of the men that come here all uh, tell stories about how they have prayed and prayed and prayed throughout their entire life for God to take away their lust. I remember doing that at church camp when I was 12 years old, and I wanted him to take away all desire to look at uh, the pornographic magazines that I was stealing every month. In that, you know, in that example, I think I was taking the name of the Lord in vain because I was magically wanting. God to transform me, and most importantly, I was wanting God to do all the work. I think we take the name of God, of God in vain when we expect God to do work that we ourselves are capable of doing. Well, and should, in most cases, we should be the ones responsible for doing the work. I mean, not trying to hand it off to God, but we're so desperate for the result, you know, that, that we expect or pray that he does do the work for us. Yeah, I had an example kind of of this yesterday. I was talking to a pastor who's obviously having some conflict with his wife, and uh, he was talking about the fact that after church, his wife did something that he violently disagreed with, and so he invited one of the elders to go talk to his wife about it. <laughs> and I said, uh, how did that go? How did that go? Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and... Uh, he said, well, they had a very difficult conversation, and my wife asked me later, why hadn't I not come to her directly? So uh, I don't know why I think of that example, other than it's an example of how sometimes we are not uh, motivated enough or courageous enough to do the hard, deep spiritual work that we need to do. We, uh, When it comes to addiction, uh, so many of the men have prayed that uh, uh, God will just transform their lives in such a way that they never have another sexual temptation ever again. 
I think, strangely enough, and this might be hard for some people to hear, that's taking the name of God in vain. It's like asking God to do something that is our responsibility. God has given us free will. You know, we're basically praying that God will somehow take away our free will and just change us. You know, and I don't think any of us would really want that. I think we uh, we take the name of, the, of God in vain when we we are expecting Him to do magical things that are that are somewhat uh, or fully selfishly motivated. And in many cases, unrealistic. That is right. It's like praying for uh, uh, for winning the lottery. Um, not that I've ever done that. No. <laughs> Oops. Sorry. Did I, did I? Did we strike too close to home there? Well, you know, I think it's a good example, actually, of uh, you know one of my own personal examples, you know, that uh, when the lottery, the mega Powerball lottery gets to be over a couple... Hundred million dollars. I, I try to strike bargains with God. That, <laughs> you're, you're bargaining with how much you would tithe. How much I would tithe, and you know how wonderful a gift giver I would be, and serve God's purposes, and and you know never stopping to uh, to pray to God. You know, God, do do you in fact need me to have a whole bunch of money uh, to follow your will and purposes in my life, or? Is this my responsibility to follow your will and purposes, regardless of the amount of money that I have? Right, right. Because that hasn't come through for either one of them. No matter how we've uh, approached that subject in prayer, um, I don't think uh, we've come close. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, you know, I, I think uh, we always get to a point where we're wanting to, uh, to summarize. Uh, you know, one of the ways to, I think, summarize this is that we're constantly striving to uh, ask God uh, not to do things for us. We should be asking God, what can we uh, do to serve your purposes? I w- just as I was saying it, I was reminded of John Kennedy, uh, who actually was one of us. Did I say that for broadcast? But uh, he obviously was. And he said, you know, in one of his inaugural addresses, I guess his only one because he was assassinated before he was reelected, uh, ask not what uh, your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. And I think that's not a bad juxtaposition. You know, let's not ask what God can do for us. That would be taking his name in vain. Let's ask what we can do for him. You've been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. My name is Randy Everett, and I'm your co-host. It's our pleasure to bring you the Men of Valor program every week. We invite you to visit faithfulandtrue.com for many more helpful resources. You'll also find the information and the registration uh, capabilities uh, to come and join us for the Men of Valor three-day intensive workshop. Uh, We invite you to do that. We have been able to reach out to men from across the country and across the world that come to our center here in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, and... uh, this is what we're here for. We're here to help. And if we can help you, we'd love to do just that. Thank you for joining us. We hope that this coming week will be a week that's just filled with many blessings and great vision. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at faithfulandtrue.com. That's faithfulandtrue.com.